0: Don't stop firing! I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green. Like, literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point
1: four. This is Control. We radio, Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Greetings, Sits and Sives, You're tuned to the guard frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 86 and was recorded August 28th, made available for download September 1st at guardfrequency.com. I'm Tony.
2: And I'm Jeff. And as he's gone at least three weeks without missing a show, we thought he deserved a break. So filling in for Lennon this week is our community manager, Shiv.
0: And I'm Justin. So what do we have this week, Justin? In this week's Squawk Box, we learn the nice way of doing things. In CIG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including our crowdfunding update. 1.2 1.2 aka the social module the vanguard variant and some stuff about that guy in nuggets for nuggets we check out what life is like Planet Side, and finally we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation sits
1: and sivs, you can help us bring you more of the show you love by visiting our website guardfrequency.com and clicking on the patreon button for the low low price of a buck 25 per episode you can become a backer and get access to the unedited recordings of the show a whole three days before our tuesday release of course we're happy to share our labor of love with you each week free of charge but it's nice to get the occasional concrete reminder that folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it thanks to everybody who's already chipped in we hope you
2: consider making a
1: regular contribution the more support we get the better show we can make and that takes care of the
2: housekeeping so let's get on to the show and see what's coming through the squawk box hey you boys need a carrier around here uh everything's under control is normal
1: Crypto, 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 this is Tony saying welcome to the Squawk Box, everyone. this is kind of old news, to be honest, and if you hail from the Great White North, eh? This isn't news at all, and you'll know straight away what I'm talking about, you hoser. But I just got back from Star Trek Las Vegas a couple weeks ago. Yes, the whole Cambodia coup thing, that was a lie. And given the unpleasantness of some of the developments of the past week, I decided some levity and some stereotypically Canadian good manners were needed in this week's segment. Did you know, Sits and Sivs, that the honorable personage depicted on the Canadian $5 note is one Sir Wilfrid Laurier, 7th Prime Minister of Canada. And did you know that in addition to being the first French-speaking Prime Minister, he also happens to look a great deal like a certain dearly departed actor of Ukrainian-Jewish descent, one Leonard Nimoy. Science fiction fans, who I assume most of you are, know him best as Mr. Spock. Now, with a black pen, a little imagination, and some free time, it's not too tough to turn a stodgy old 19th century Canadian politician into a 23rd century Vulcan human Starfleet officer. So, Natch, that's a thing. It really took off after Mr. Nimoy's passing in February this year. It was of concern to citizens and authorities of the Commonwealth. You see, in the barbarous southern regions of the continent, like where you live, Jeff, it's illegal to deface currency. But, in the more enlightened parts of the world, well, you get off with a warning and an appeal to your patriotism and common sense. Bank of Canada spokeswoman Josiane Menard said, writing on a banknote may interfere with the security features and reduces its lifespan. Markings on a note may also prevent it from being accepted in a transaction. Furthermore, the Bank of Canada feels that writing and markings on banknotes are inappropriate as they are a symbol of our country and a source of national pride. Unquote. Now, that's all well and good, and typically Canadian, common sense, straightforward. But what's really important here is the potential for further hilarity involving Canadian currency nicknames. So the $1 coin up there, which features a loon on the reverse side, that's the looney And the $2 coin, therefore, obviously, the toonie. Now, $5 bills, what are we going to call it? The spoonie? No, wait, 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 wait. Wait, that would only work if Spock was a Cardassian. I'm sure we'll think of something. Sporky? Sporky? That could be. Any ideas, Jeff? Uh, none. Okay, you guys, you live, you live like like 13 miles from the Canadian border. Have you seen one of these, Jeff?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I used and I I lived in Canada for two and a half years, so uh, yeah. I've seen I've seen a lot of their money. Have you seen the spot guy? Yes, I've seen this spot, Guy. I knew who you were talking about right away. See, this
1: is, you know, living in living in Kansas, we don't see a lot of Canadian money down here, so I found this immediately hilarious. Uh, Justin, you're, you're in Oregon, which is another state down from where Jeff is. Have you seen this before?
0: I've seen it on the internet now. I would, usually would just get Canadian pennies or quarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you, or maybe that, that stuff,
1: you, know, you get that in your change all the time. I mean, even in Kansas, we get I used to work at a bank, and I was always picking out Canadian dimes and Canadian pennies out of change, and people would bring it in. But never a Canadian $5 bill with a Spock on it. This was news to me. But a typical Canadian warning, hey, now, guys, let's be nice to the money, as opposed to threatening immediate legal action and going insane with you know, lawsuits
0: and whatnot, as is occasionally done from time to time in America. It probably makes it worth more. What's art? There's extra yeah, art. Now it's art. Before, it's just a piece of paper that's not backed by anything. <laughs> yeah, but now, it's now, art.
1: yeah, now it's art. Now it's got yeah, some intrinsic wall. value. Yeah, some labor attached to it. Good point. Have you read, seen, or heard something you think might be interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email to squawk at cardfrequency.com. Now let's check out some CIG news. Speed one, seven, five, Port Bay, hands
2: on approach, trigger screen, call the bomb. Don't get technical with me.
1: Crowdfunding update for August twenty eighth, two thousand fifteen, is eighty seven million nine hundred eighty six thousand. Oh, so close to that eighty eight million mark. Come on, people. Seriously, this is this goes this goes back a long way. This pet peeve of mine. Nine hundred sixty nine thousand star citizens up about four thousand from last week, and seven hundred fifty five thousand ships added to the fleet and up another three thousand. I think we'll have an item in the news later on that will boost those numbers even farther north. But first. Okay, 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 okay. Stop, 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 stop. He's not funny anymore. This is now a serious thing. We're going to get the bad stuff about that guy out of the way first. Yes, folks, I promised you, and I quote me... (laughs) This is the last stop for the crazy train that we have been calling Smartwatch, okay? Unless and until he actually hires a real attorney to file an actual lawsuit. Well, guess what? He hired a real attorney to file an actual lawsuit. Now, the suit isn't actually filed yet, but the law Mr. Smart wants to use to bring CIG to its knees requires a 30-day demand letter prior to filing. And that's what we have here. Bottom line, he's demanding a full forensic accounting of all the crowdfunding cash, refunds for everyone who asks, and a hard date for the release of Star Citizen. Now, regular listeners of the show will know all three of those things are, to put it mildly, impossible. So, I went and wrote a bit of a letter of my own. Some of you may have seen it. It was an open letter to Mr. Smart. I'll summarize it for you, and a link will be in the show notes. But first, my usual disclaimer, and Mikey, don't speed this up. I'm serious this time. I'm an attorney licensed in Kansas and Utah. I am not your lawyer. I do not represent any of the parties to this potential lawsuit. This comment this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For real advice, contact an attorney licensed in your jurisdiction. Okay, here's my take Derek may actually have a case under the California Consumers Legal Remedy Act. The real problem for CIG with this is the following Number one, the law gives attorney fees to the prevailing plaintiff, that's mandatory and will permit a prevailing defendant to get attorney's fees. Now, here's the translation. If Derek Smart wins this lawsuit, he will take backer money and give it to his lawyers. If CIG wins the lawsuit, CIG may still get stuck with the bill for defending the lawsuit, unless it can prove that Smart sued them in bad faith, meaning that there was never a case to begin with and that it was all just a made-up, hoax, frivolous thing. They can probably do that, but it's going to take time and effort. The problem is that this gives the law firm that Smart's hired an incentive to take the case on a contingency basis, which means that they'll be like the personal injury lawyers on TV. Not a penny unless we collect for you. So that's a real problem, even if Smart isn't financially going to put up a million dollars of his own money, he might still get a million dollars out of CIG if he wins. Not that that's likely, but it could happen. Number two, this is a murky and contested area of the law, this California legal uh, act that he's using. The rules here aren't clear. So a court isn't necessarily going to dismiss it out of hand, and will likely want to hear lots of argument before it decides. For example, it was only recently decided by California courts that software met the definition of a good under the law. So if someone sells you a good that turns out to be bad, you can use this law to get your money back, or do other legal things. Here's the problem. The court ruled that software was a good because it makes changes to your hard drive. Not because you picked up a physical disk at a store, but because when you bought it, it messed with the magnetic particles on your drive somewhere. So, that's a little sketchy, but for right now, that's the state of the law. And here's the other problem. Jeff, did you buy a piece of software when you crowdfunded this thing? Is that what you bought? Nope. Hey Justin, did you buy a piece of software when you crowdfunded this thing? Is that what you bought?
0: Nope, I bought imaginary spaceships. That's right. You
1: bought the potential for software. So right there, there isn't, you know, there's there's $50,000 worth of argument right there for both sides in legal fees, just for thinking and talking and researching about that. So that's a problem. Here's the other problem that makes, too. Because it's such a new and interesting and, you know, novel area of the law, the law firm here has yet another incentive to take this case into an actual courtroom because it's new and interesting. And their name can be associated with a expanding frontier in, in the law. You know, not only crowdfunding, but crowdfunded software. And you know it can be at the forefront of helping define what a contract for a crowdfunded software is about. Number three, the attorney that didn't sign the demand letter, he said it was dictated, not signed. That was another weird thing here. But the attorney that didn't sign the letter has a background in entity formation, intellectual property, and transactions. Not consumer protection law which is the law that they're using to get at CIG here. Now, that means that there's more going on here than simply someone's desire to protect the backers and to make everything right and just and good. No, 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 no. no. Derek Smart wants CIG to know that he plans on dismantling their entire corporate structure or taking it over. Now, the details are in the footnotes of the open letter that I wrote to Mr. Smart, which (laughs) he responded to, bless his heart. Let me go ahead and read you some passages from that, because it's just precious. Derek Smart writes back to me, Hi, Troy. I saw your letter earlier today when it was linked to me from your website. The same website where, like other star citizen of social media resources, you and your cohorts have made a hobby out of ridiculing myself and anyone, even dissenting backers, who isn't part of your Church of Chris Roberts. Anyway, to be fair, I read it. Now f*** off. Sincerely, DS. P.S. I tend not to associate myself with anything that even smells like consumer fraud. So no, I have no interest in being invited to the table over at the Church of Christ Roberts. Plus, I'm perfectly content with making niche games in my own small corner of the industry, which is why I'm still around.
0: I've achieved cohort status. Yes, yes,
1: you are officially, you're officially cohort. So that was our adventure this week, kids. There is a lawsuit pending. It is a thing that could happen. It's not a, oh, he's just blowing smoke kind of a stuff. No, I am like that guy in Star Wars that walked up to Grand Moff Tarkin and says, I've analyzed their plan, and there is a danger. Should I have your shuttle waiting? Okay, I'm that guy at this point. So uh, that I really do feel like he's got something here that, well, I don't think it's a winner. I think that it's an, it's plenty to tie people up. It's plenty to make it painful. It's plenty to cost money. And that's really all he wants to do. He wants to cause panic. He wants to drain funds away from development. And he wants people to lose confidence in CIG's process. And that's what his goal is here. Now, Jeff... You have some strong feelings about this situation.
2: I do. I, and I can't believe that we are even at this point. I mean, to give this guy his 15 minutes of fame, I mean, the stuff I saw not only in our own private chat, but the stuff I saw on the board, it's just like Kim Kardashian bearing her booty. I, I, it, it's, it's ridiculous that we give this guy so much airtime. I really think mm-hmm. we just let CIG's legal team. I'm sure that they were prepared for anything that might have come across. I'll let them deal with it, and let's blow this guy off because that's all he is. He's
0: he's a blow off. Ortwin Firemouth, I choose you. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: yeah, good, yes. Yeah, so the the other half of the CIG corporate structure, uh, as a, the opposite number to Chris Roberts is Ortwin Firemouth, veteran entertainment lawyer, veteran film financier, veteran Hollywood production person, you know, he's he's got tons of experience in the industry, considered to be a a pretty good attorney in his own right. Here's the problem. This is a consumer protection issue. They didn't go get a consumer protection lawyer. They got a entertainment IP lawyer. They're using a random weird tool to crack open something that has nothing to do with consumer protection, and that makes it weird. Jeff is right. For 99.9% of the time, we should ignore the troll and don't feed him and make him go away. 99.9% of trolls don't resort to legal challenges that actually have a prayer of surviving a motion to dismiss. And that's the problem
2: here. But giving him even further voice is not going to make the case go away. The only thing that's going to make the case go away is a court of law. Is all the speculation aside, we can't do anything about that, you know? No, that's an excellent point. But we do know one thing, and this really was the reason I
1: wrote my letter. There was one scenario in which I thought that there actually might be, at least in Smart's mind, a constructive outcome of all this. And the constructive outcome that I posited in his mind, I mean, to him, not to the rest of us, but to him is that if CIG would simply let him sort of supervise or oversee or be a conduit of information out of CIG headquarters to the masses to reassure us that everything that was going on behind all the super secret closed doors at Cloud Imperium Games was in fact on the up and up. There needed to be a man of the people on the inside, channeling Information to those of us who have committed our dollars to the funding of this process. He's not it. That was a... No, of course it's not. But that was in my... You know, I, I reasoned. My reasoning came out with this. This is a potential explanation, right? Someone could, in fact, argue that, well, maybe that's what he wants to do. Which is why I wrote him the letter, and at the end of it, I said, hey, well, I wonder why they haven't invited you onto the inside. And then he told me to f*** off and told me that he doesn't want to touch the CIG with a 10-foot pole. Okay. That was the last possible good intention that I could think of for him doing this. So, he wants to destroy CIG, and here's the thing. He knows he can't win in court. He knows that. It's not his objective to win in court. It's his objective to make CIG lose. There's a difference. They can lose lots of ways. They can lose because they divert money from artists and programmers into legal counsel. They may have insurance policies that cover being sued for stuff, I bet you there's a rider or an exclusion for crap like this. Crazy people that want to, you know, defund your project. So I'm not sure that that even as well prepared as I'm sure CIG is for lawsuits, I'm not sure they're prepared for this type of lawsuit. The other problem is that his target, and this was brought up on a Reddit comment that was brought to my attention and that I responded to out there, his target's not really CIG. His target's us, the backers. He wants us to be concerned with the brackets. He wants us to ask for refunds. He wants us to not step up when he says crap online and not shout him down. I don't understand
2: it, his endgame here because, honestly... Have you seen It's a Wonderful Life, Jeff? Oh,
1: yeah. Remember the bank scene? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah,
2: I remember the bank scene.
1: You remember the guy that, uh, he was the first guy in line, said, I want $2,700 or whatever it was. And Jimmy Stewart's like, now, no, come on, now, what do you just, just for now, just to get through the week? He said, oh, I want $2,700 for 14 cents. And so Jimmy Stewart counts him out the money. He wants everybody to be like that guy. Not like the next lady in line that said,
2: can I have $20, please?
1: Okay, she just, you know, if you need a refund because of bad circumstances or whatever, CIG is willing to work with you. But if you lose the faith in the project and want it all back because you don't think it's going to work, that's the guy that Derek Smart wants everybody to be like pull your money out this thing is a vaporware project get out while you can and you got to be one of the first ones out because there's only a small pool of refund money available so if you want your money back out of this you know flying death trap ask now and ask fast
2: but it, before there time is runs no out. flying death trap there's no vaporware i mean we've seen the results of their work i agree i agree but the problem
1: is that you know, Jeff, you pay attention to Star Citizen every week because you come on this podcast and do a show about it. Justin does. He's our community manager. I do. I write letters to random weirdos on the Internet. <laughs> I mean, this is our thing, right? But not everybody does this thing. And some people who chipped in 100 bucks, you know, two years ago might have gone, yeah, man, it has been a long time. And they might not know Derek Smart from anybody and go, oh, that guy seems to think there's a problem. Well, maybe I should just get my money back now because I really would like to check out... You know, the expansion pack to Star Wars The Old Republic. That's going to come out in a couple months, and I probably just ought to have the 100 bucks back and, and do that.
2: Those are the people he wants to reach. Okay, but didn't CIG get, come out and say they were going to refund if anybody had asked? They're refunding people
1: on a case-by-case basis, just like they always have. Okay, well... So if you need a refund, they're going to work with you. Right. If you just want one because you don't think it's going to happen, they're not required to give you the money back.
2: Well, yeah, and that's the nature of crowdfunding. I can see where this case may impact crowdfunding in the future or impact crowdfunding as a whole. But, uh, you know, there's already been test cases about bad crowdfunding out there, for products that haven't delivered.
1: Right. Actually, there's only been, as far as I can tell, one, at there's least from the Federal Trade Commission. And Smart was all excited about that one, and he, he put some links out there, and I went I went and got it. It was a consent decree that hasn't been signed by a judge, as far as I can tell. But it ended up that no money changed hands, nobody went to jail, and the guy that misled everybody... Shiv, you looked at this, didn't you? It was a board game. that you The doom about. that
0: came to Atlantic City? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a couple of projects I've heard of. This one, I don't know a lot of the details, but basically I guess he just mishandled the money, and then another company just picked it up and said, okay, we're going to make this and right. give it to the backers. I mean, they just did it. They don't even, aren't even Yes, yes, and part of it. the
1: settlement was that the, the bad guy had to sign over all the intellectual property rights to right. the company that was going to finish the development. And, and that was another one of those eyebrow razor moments here where I thought that, well, maybe Smart wants to just, you know, be in on the board of directors or whatever to you know make sure things got done right or maybe he wants to take over the project because he can do it no one else can what but he he told me that's not his gig he told me that there's really no constructive reason he wants to do this he just wants to see cig fall apart he wants to take his forensic accountant in there and look where all the money went and look at all the terrible decisions that they've made and all that kind of stuff. this guy
2: can't even build his own games yeah
1: but a court doesn't care All the court cares about is, did you check off the right boxes to make a a, a legally defensible petition? Mm. And so far, yeah, he has. So far. Well... But it's going to cost time and money. It could raise questions amongst people that don't pay very close attention to the crowdfunding process, to Derek Smart's checkered history with video game publishing, and basically bad vibes. And so... You're right, Jeff. 99.9% of the time, the right answer is don't feed the trolls. And we we didn't. For a month, we didn't mention the guy. And he didn't go away. <laughs> so he came back with a lawyer, just like we were hoping he wouldn't. So the ignoring him until he goes away thing isn't working. So I turned around and did the lawyerly thing and wrote him a, a snarky letter. Well,
2: I, I propose and, that we don't feed him anymore and only report on actual facts, like, you know, the court case, getting a date. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, he's blocked us anyway, so. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you know, hey, there's some good news out of the
1: whole thing, right? <laughs> no, this is now a very serious thing, and no, Jeff, you're right. I mean, we're not going to treat. There will be no more funny pictures of him on our website. There will be no more crazy, wacky Zoo Crew sounders to announce when we're going to give him news. I mean, he's this is for, this is big boy talking now. This is big boy, big boy games with the pants on and everything. So uh, we'll we'll report it as developments occur. We're going to treat him like he's playing for all the marbles, which I think he is.
0: Just hours before we recorded the show, the Solso module, also known as Star Citizen 1.2, has passed through the PTU and was released to every single Star Citizen backer. No doubt you've all downloaded and played it by the time you're listening to the show on Tuesday, but in case you haven't been able to, here's what you're missing out on. Starting out small and with just one area, you're now able to visit the planet-side landing zone of ArcCorp, better known as Area 18 where you get to take in all the sights and sounds that the team have been hard at work on. To get down to Area 18, just visit the elevator in your hangar. For Selfland, Revel, and York, and Aeroview hangars, you can find the elevator through the double doors directly behind your character when spawning into the central bay. Once inside, the elevator to ArcCorp is located on your right. For VFG Industrial Hangar, aka Asteroid Hangar, You can find the double doors underneath the platform where your character spawns, across from any ship you currently have in the central bay. Once you pass through the double doors, the elevator to ArcCorp is located on your right.
1: Now this is an early version of the full social module experience, and so a couple of features, like wandering NPCs, are currently missing. And there's no character creator, so you'll randomly spawn in with one of six loadouts. Marine Light, Medium or Heavy, and Outlaw Light, Medium and Heavy. You can change between them by pressing F6. Whatever loadout you choose when you
2: travel from your hangar to Artcorp will be retained for the rest of your play that session. So, what can you actually do down there? Well, aside from emoting and chatting by pressing F12 and checking out the awesome new augmented reality HUD by pressing F2, you can also go off exploring Area 18, including Artcorp, Customs, Medical Bay, Jobwell, G Lock Bar. Astro Armada, Dumpers Depot, and Cubby Blast. As well as all the social module goodness, Patch 1.2 also fixes a lot of issues, such as several GIM fixes for matchmaking, lobby, game server, and social module session handling.
0: Hosts were not always being removed from the lobby when they left the match, and the hosts of a game would sometimes not be able to cancel their search due to matchmaking crashing and players would be put into a broken lobby if the matchmaking service crashed while they were in-game.
1: Transition animations for moving between standing, crouch, and idle, and jump animations have all received minor improvements for smoother and more realistic experience.
2: A number of collision issues were allowing characters to clip out of the Rebel York and VFG hangars have been resolved.
0: The HUD colors of the Avenger, Gladiator, Hornet, all variants, and Cutlass, all variants, have been updated to be consistent. And they fixed an issue where the countermeasure
1: interface on the Mustang HUD, all variants, would overlap with other UI elements.
0: And
2: fixed an issue where the Vandal Glade-designated tank at the end of the tutorial, Chapter 6, would sometimes become immortal. And this is just the beginning. To quote Will Leverett,
1: there's so much more to come. See you in the verse. Alright, well, Justin, you had a computer meltdown earlier, trying to update the Windows 10.
0: Yeah, well... Updating Windows 10 was perfectly easy. I said, yes, boom, updated. But then my computer started just deciding to hang. Then I said, okay, fresh install. So I did that. And then stuff just wouldn't install. It was all funky. Back on Windows 8.1, I think it's something to do with my video card. Or maybe my hard drive needs a spin righted better. But I did get an invite to the PTU, which I, of course, didn't get to use. But it's, it's open for everybody now. So...
1: So you didn't get a chance to go into the PTU.
0: I did not. And you had a computer meltdown, which prevented
1: you from installing it today.
0: Correct.
1: Jeff, you live in rural Washington at the end of a tin cup with a string attached to it, I think, right? That's correct. Okay, so you haven't been able to play this either. Nope. I gotta play it. no na na na, na 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 That was kind of immature, and I apologize, but I gotta play it, and it's kind of cool. I'd be happy to share my thoughts with you if you'd like.
2: Yes, please do. Nah. Oh,
1: <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you managed to gin up some enthusiasm for this bit. Okay, so <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about when you when you drop in and you go to the elevator behind you. That's all the instructions you really need. For a second, I was sort of confused about what to do next. I walked up to a door that didn't open, and then there were some display cases that were cool, so I looked at the name tags on it, and it was a chunk of a Van Duel. oh, that's nice. And then I went to this other door and stood there, and nothing happened. So then I looked around inside there, and like, oh, there's a control panel over there. So I moseyed over the control panel and clicked on it, and then it said, here's a list of destinations, ARC So I clicked on that, and I hit Launch. And there I went. So it was a really intuitive sort of user experience when you did it, which I was very impressed with. You didn't need instructions. You didn't need pop-up windows to tell you what to do. Just by looking around the environment, there were enough visual cues to just let you figure it out, how to get there. So I thought that was really well done. And then walking around the module is pretty cool. They've got you know big, tall skyscrapers, and there's dirt and grime on the on handrails and you can stand on the edge of a bridge and look down thousands of feet you can look up in the air and a a gladius will come over you and then land nearby it really does feel alive that was pretty fantastic and then if you go down around the dive bar down the g-lock bar you can go down into like this like scuzzy area where there's trash on the floor and stuff including torn up posters of the wingman recruiting poster. You guys remember that from back in the day? Oh yeah. Where the wingman's pointing at you? Yeah, like there, there's a trash pile down there and it's like, it's not just wingman, but like all those old recruiting posters that they had from back in the day, they sort of shredded them and tore them up and put them down like in, in, among trash bags and stuff. So it's really, it, really, it, kind of, it sort of feels like you're, you're sort of there. And then if you go down far enough, there's an incinerator. And the first thing I thought to myself was, this is the perfect place for a murder. Can you pick up the garbage
0: and put it in the incinerator?
1: Yeah, you're down there, these little warrens, nobody can see you, it's all twisty and turny and dark, and there's garbage everywhere, plenty of places to hide, and there's a place to dump the body right behind you. Like So I get the vibe of what they're trying to do with these social modules, and it's really coming together, I think.
0: Were you able to jump on stuff and climb the environment?
1: I don't do that very much, but I did hop up on a handrail to look inside the incinerator. I was able to do that, and it's... I mean, it's not very interesting. There's, like, fire animations in there and, you know, more piles of garbage. So, But there's something in there, right? I mean, they took the time to put something in there. And if you're really crazy, you can be like our good friend Piraeus Denton and figure out a way to spawn a P-52 Merlin on that map and go flying around, which he did. And we'll put a link to that video in our show notes.
2: Yeah, I saw the video. Do you know how he did that?
1: I don't. I don't know anything more than that. All I know is he's a humongous cheater, and I don't. Know. I like to ask a lot of questions because he'll probably carpet bomb my hard drive from you know from space.
0: Well, if we can do the jump around environments and do ridiculous stuff like that, uh, I think that'd be fun to have a contest so you can get the highest. So th- if if that's a thing, it will be on Twitch, and you can join in when I announce that.
1: you're testing right you're trying to find those clipping issues and those map edges that they missed and it's inevitable right in any sort of you know complicated social map there's going to be geometry problems that make you stand where you shouldn't stand or where there's not an invisible barrier or wall that'll let you climb on stuff and get outside the map I mean it's up to us to find those things right yeah
0: Yeah. it's it's all alpha testing
1: so Jeff are you looking forward to going shopping
2: in the social modules there I'm looking forward to checking things out.
1: Are you gonna join Shiv in his parkour attempts there to, to find the edges of the map?
2: No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Are you gonna go check out the incinerator to find a place to dump bodies? No. Are you gonna go check out the incinerator to find a place to rescue people? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. So do we, we now know what Jeff's gonna do once they get this? Uh, once he gets it downloaded.
0: Um, it, it was on ten for the chairman. He said something. They might put some guns around sometime just to test it out. See what happens. <laughs> That'd be fun. Well, hopefully they've got the medical bay up and running by the time that happens.
2: Okay, and for all of you out there who'd rather take to the skies and blow things up rather than staying on the ground and talking it out, CIG has also announced the Vanguard Variants. These new variants are each designed for one purpose, to either outlive, outsmart, or outgun your opponent. If you're looking to outlive the enemy, then the Vanguard Warden is the ship for you. With heavy-hitting forward weapons, an enhanced weapons suite, and the most advanced two-person escape pod currently available, the Vanguard Warden is a ship designed to take a beating and come out on top.
1: Wait, wait, the escape pod's a selling point? Yeah, that's
2: what I was laugh- chuckling at. That, <laughs> you that know? doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> yeah, it didn't sound right to me either. That's why I chuckled.
1: Alright, but, you know, for those of you who are a little bit smarter and hoping not to use the escape pod, you know, people who don't, say, charge headlong into battle, damn the torpedoes, and throw caution to the wind, those of you who prefer to fight smart, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. then the Vanguard Sentinel might be just what you're looking for. The conversion features an augmented reality cockpit, an external sensor jamming pod, decoy missiles, and a set of EMP charges. Flying appropriately named Trickster missions, a Sentinel will help establish space superiority through guile, misdirection, and blatant lies. A lone Sentinel is frequently paired with Harbinger bombers and Warden escorts for large attack missions in the Wild Weasel role, which is rocket jock talk for anti-anti-aircraft weapons and emissions. With the Sentinel in the Suppression of Enemy Air Defense role, an all-vanguard force can take on and destroy capital ships, perhaps as large as a battlecruiser.
2: This is all well and good, but sometimes you're there just to kick ass and chew gum, and you've just realized you're all out of gum. The Vanguard Harbinger is designed to shoot first and ask questions much later. The extended range of the Vanguard and the relatively small profile mean that can go where carrier-based planes and larger strategic bombers don't, and then strike hard and make it back to the frontier bases. With standardized parts and easy to change hull sections, the Vanguard Harbinger is a powerful bomber that can
0: operate out of the roughest forward operating bases. As well as the cross Chassis Upgrade Kits, CIG has also introduced Battlefield Upgrade Kits for those who would like to keep their older Vanguard Wardens. The Upgrade Kits function as in-universe parts set which convert the existing ships to their variant specifications. This allows you to swap between the abilities of the Warden, Sentinel, or Harbinger at will. The upgrade kits exist in a world similar to the Interior Retaliator upgrade pods do not change the styling of the individual ships, just the weapons and other upgrades installed. And if you'd like to add any of the variants to your hangar, they're on sale till Monday, September 7th. Available from all good pledge stores.
2: Uh, I'll tell you, when I saw these, uh, it made me contemplate whether I would buy another ship or not. Uh, you know, I've I've been seriously holding out for that Phoenix upgrade, if they'll ever yes. get around to it. I seriously am contemplating buying one of these. I don't know which variant yet, but uh, I'm I'm thinking about it. I may get both, not the ships, but the the kits. I got a Vanguard, you know, it's the
1: Warden now, but I bought one because it was you know a slash cross between uh, the P38 and the F14. I really dug it. And with these variants, I really, really enjoy the idea of the electronic warfare suite that we'll be talking about in a little bit. And I like the idea of the Vanguard being a multi-role fighter, like the F-15 evolved into being and how the F-14 was at the end of its service life. Uh, I really, really dug it. So I, I'm, my wallet has jumped out of my pocket and onto the desk. It it, it
2: it, wants to be used. Yeah, well, I, in my opinion, this is a good ship to lay some cash down on.
1: Well, I do like the idea of this versus, you know, the modules sort of. It's like the modules, but it's not quite, I don't think. It's like maybe this is that middle ground where you won't be able to buy modules for your Aurora or your 315, but you might be able to do something like this. You know, there might be some, some way you can swap out part of the interior of your 315 rather than that sort of, I don't know, crew cabin sort of area. You might be able to put an electronic warfare computer in there or something like that. So, yeah, I think uh, I think the Battlefield modules are the way to go. I like it. Um, they're reasonably priced. I really, really like the missions that they've put out for the Vanguard. I think I want to do all of them.
0: As a companion to the Vanguard Variance Post, there's another deep dive design post into the Electronic Warfare System. You'd think ships are famous with how much everyone keeps talking about their signatures, (gasps) but this is a core piece of Electronic Warfare, or E-War. If you spend enough, your signatures will be much lower, but watch out, because if you're in high traffic space with masked signatures, it's like driving down a freeway in the dark without your lights on. dangerous and possibly illegal. If you're not trying to hide, but looking for someone, you can listen passively or make some electronic noise yourself and actively scan the ships around you. Offensively, you can employ tactics like distortion fields, data spikes, EMP blasts, and more to bend, fold, spindle, and or mutilate the power systems on the target ship, from rebooting systems to reducing power to downright shutting systems down. Aside from the standard heat and EM flare countermeasures, there's also data chaff and decoy missiles. Data chaff makes it hard to lock on the systems and decoy missiles look like a ship to electronic scanners but can't spoof visual scanners. The crowd section is going to look like a missile. Lastly, you'll be able to shield yourself from opposing scanners using hull modification, shield variants, a component designed specifically to shield an area of your craft against scanning and internal modifications such as installed within a room aboard a multi-crew ship or larger craft type usually around a space containing sub components or cargo let's talk electronic
1: warfare this is one of the systems i've been really really looking forward to on this
0: yeah and it sounds like there's gonna be a lot to it uh going back to one of the 10 for the designers the one that mostly talked about repairs there's some other sections they're talking about there could be three or four ships in a group and one guy could that's his thing is scanning the ships you know you Mm -hmm. can fly around and do your best while you're trying to fly and but if you have somebody who's really focused on it they can see what's out there because You might be flying and there's people hidden just waiting to jump you as you go through. And that's going to be a big part of the game because you can spend more to get less emissive equipment. But if you have passive scanning and you're really looking, you might be able to see just that little blip. Kind of like Elite Dangerous where it says there's something out there. I don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Yep. And then you can just listen. And if everything looks okay, great. But you might really want to scan that ship over there because it looks kind of fishy.
1: Yeah, yeah. They had a the, the different contact states, like you were saying. One of them is a detected but not resolved. There's something there. It might be a sensor ghost. It might be something, but your scanners can't you know get a good look at it yet. Maybe you ignore it. Maybe you go check it out. But that's a decision you have to make uh, for the game. Then you can scan it with your active sensors and get more data on it, like you know maybe what it's armed with and what kind of engines it has. Or you can just let your computer just acknowledge it as a target and just, you know, say, okay, I'm going to, it's a target. It's a a thing. That's great. So, I mean, there's different levels of information that you can acquire, and you can decide to spend time and energy doing that, or you can just let it be. And then, depending on the capabilities of your ship, your sensors, you might have varying degrees of success after you make that decision. So I think that's, this is going to be a really important part of
0: gameplay. And it's not just scanning, because Joker Sucker Punch, it actually disrupts your energy signal. So if you don't want to damage the ship that much, you get through the shields or whatever, and then you start hitting it with this. It's a distortion, so it lowers their yeah, they've got energy the, output the, companion so the shields don't work.
1: Yeah. The companion weapon here, the data spike, you puncture the hull of the other ship, and it goes after, it's a soft kill, it's not a hard kill. You know, you're know, you trying to damage the internal components uh, just enough to so they can't get away. This is good stuff. This is a really, really interesting. It's a different kind of gameplay. It's still combat, but it's a different kind of combat. And before the first trigger is squeezed, you can develop the battlefield with sensors and like uh, it's like a chess match. Your computer against the other guy's computer, your sensor suite against the other guy's sensor suite. And, and try to you know figure out where your targets are and you know, what's ghosts, what's decoy missiles, who's hiding behind that asteroid with all the engines shut off. Really, really, really good stuff.
0: Yeah, it'd be really great in a large combat if you had somebody who was stealth but could launch out decoys. Oh no, there's people over here, let's go defend, and then there's nobody there. But then the real ships show up behind you with their...
1: Total Battlestar Galactica, you know, where they're you know, trying to go pick up the people on those planet stranded. And they launch those drones that form up into Battlestar-looking shapes. Draw out the defenders and then they bring in the real battle star into the atmosphere. I mean, that's the kind of thing that's gonna make this game absolutely amazing to me, because combat is not just warp in, blow up sixteen TIE fighters, warp out. It's warp in, find the sixteen TIE fighters. Oh no, there's four more of them hiding in the asteroids. But, you know, don't worry because I was able to signal my bomber force to pop in right behind me. Now that you guys have jumped out and sprung your trap, now I spring my trap on you. I mean, th- that's the kind of stuff that's going to make this a lot more fun.
0: Yeah, it really feels like they're designing the game to where they don't just say, like, oh, here's a box. Yes. You yeah. have to open this menu to put stuff in the box. Now you know there's a box. And if you can fit something in the box and close it, then you can take it somewhere and open it. Yeah, yeah. It's making it that, very, that whole yeah. type of gameplay seems to be the whole game they're making in every aspect so stuff will just work like you'd expect it to and cause crazy random things to happen in a good way yeah or a bad way if you're getting blown up
2: (laughs) (laughs) so now it's time for news we didn't use 10 for the chairman episode 63 jared go to gift one Congress now, 88-4329,
1: hearing day 33. The bill has been
0: withdrawn, but has the financial crisis truly been averted? Meet the CIG devs 38 with character concept artist Jeremiah Lee and see more movies that James Pugh hasn't seen yet.
2: Bug Smashers, episode 9, Mark is stuck in an update loop.
0: Bug Smashers, episode 9, Mark is stuck in an update loop. Bug Smashers, Episode 9, Marcus and Up... D- 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 never mind, fixed it.
2: And Around the Verse, Episode 53. Check it out from behind the scenes. Look at the Vanguard Variants. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of really, really, really interesting. The whole concept of, you know, the pilot seat sliding out and the you know, the space to turn it into and and uh, the the other thing that got me was the torpedo bay, you know, how they had this glass mm-hmm. wall with the torpedoes in it and stuff. Oh, that was just that was so cool. I mean that was just a really, really neat segment.
1: Yeah, like Justin was saying, it's like if there's a box you can fit something in and close the lid, you can do that. And you know, it, it's it's really great to see them working with the space and the systems that they plan and implement into the ships and then making new types of gameplay within those constraints. And that's that's really, really fantastic. And I, I'm really enjoying it. And I want to go back to that whole stupid elevator thing with Corp. They're making it in such a way that you don't need a long tutorial and a bunch of instructions to make it work. You walk up to the room, go up to the panel, and like, I should probably interact with that. And you go click it, and it does something you expect. Now I can interact with it. And the controls are all laid out where you can use them. I mean. The way they're going about this makes a lot of intellectual sense and makes a lot of intuitive gameplay sense. So I'm really impressed with how it's been working out so far. And this week's community question. The social module, the vanguards, electronic warfare. Talk to us about anything. Anything except that guy. The good, the bad, your hopes for the next steps. Let us know your thoughts. Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post on our show thread over at robertspaceindustries.com.
2: Now that we're all caught up with the latest news from Around the Burst, let's find out what life is like planet-side in this week's Nuggets for Nuggets.
1: You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay attention. That means get on your feet, Nuggets!
0: Visit ArcCorp, a safe trip for the whole family. Good out, ArcCorp. Look at all this industrial vista. This is the future of industry, you know. All planets churning out goods and services, and this is just the first. Always great to be here. Hi, what's this? Why can't I get in? Your laser pistol is still strapped to your hip, genius. (laughs) Ha! totally forgot I was wearing it. Can't bring weapons in here. It's a nice, safe environment for all. Let me just drop this in the ship. Won't be a minute. God, I don't know why I agree to take him
2: here
1: every time.
2: Because you don't want him flying his 315P for personal reasons. And you're the only one of the big enough ship to take all three of us. Not that there aren't lots of public flights, but flying with you is cheaper. (laughs) And all he's gonna do is
1: spend time in Cubby Blast haggling about another gun he doesn't need.
2: Now come on, everybody needs personal safety. And Cubby Blast has great selection. Our forgetful friend loves his firearms more than most, but Cubby's shop is for people of all interests and budgets. You don't have to follow him in there, you know. It's not like there's nothing else to do. Don't you usually stop in Dumpers Depot?
1: Yeah, but the ship ain't actually broken right now, miracle of miracles. I mean, they always have good, repaired, second-hand parts, and they give me great prices. Maybe I could grab some spares for later, though. Finally, here he comes. Alright, oh, weaponless and.
0: What now? Oh, I don't know, maybe the crossbow? This thing, it's an artistic piece, an antique replica. Hardly a weapon by today's standards.
1: <sighs> Is it capable of inflicting bodily harm to another living being at range? Yes? <sighs> Fine, be back in a minute. At this rate, I'll just spend the whole visit in G Lock.
2: That place is a dive. Actually, forget dive. It's a free fall. From orbit. While on fire! Do they serve alcohol?
1: Yes. My standards are met. And it's nowhere near as bad as you make it sound. You know, they've been serving people and beings of all walks of life for years. It can get a little rough, but what's life without some adventure anyway, huh?
2: Oh, hey. Could you come with me over to Astro Armada?
1: No, 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 no. I refuse to watch you drool over a Connie Phoenix again, only so you can get depressed at the 18-month-long waiting list. They're a licensed ship dealer. They don't even have RSI's full catalog available. Forget about the custom luxury stuff. Hey,
2: they pull in some good deals, and they have one of the best selections outside the Manufacturer Direct Store. Plus, they don't limit me to choosing ships from just one manufacturer. I might just have to wait a bit sometimes, but they get their customers the ships they want. They even offer ships from the specialty manufacturers, like Consolidated Outland. (laughs) Hey, stocking
1: Mustangs is not a selling point.
2: Not for you, but you have personal issues. You have mental issues. Hey, that was a serious medical condition I have, you know, and the men here on ArtCorp did a great job of clearing it up. I even gave to their children's charity. And it's not like they haven't helped you out and millions of other visitors who show up with their injuries, usually from off-world antics.
1: Yeah, 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 you're right. I'm sorry.
0: Hey, uh, you fully disarmed that cowboy? Yeah, but only until I get to covey Blast. Ugh. ArcCorp. What happens here
1: is safe for everyone. Okay, buddy. What's on your mind?
0: We're all friendlies! So, let's just... be friendly!
1: Some say he has a zipper just like Bigfoot, and he owns a summer home near Loch Ness. But all he knows, he's called the Shiv, and he will put together this week's feedback. Did you see your ship on the list? And if you saw your ship, has it made the progress that you were hoping for? That was our community question last week, and first of all, we heard from an old friend.
0: Saoldian, a.k.a. Dave, says, Great show, guys, especially Tony, because he never gets any recognition, only Jeff and Lennon, who are obviously the best. Anyway, I'm happy with ship progress. It will happen when it happens. Just kidding, Tony. You're all great. Still my favorite podcast. I actually listen to the live show and the post-production show, Long Commute. Good and thoughtful discussion, which I appreciate.
1: Ostron says, good show, guys. I was not surprised by the status of the Avenger variants, but I'm thoroughly confused. CIG's progress on it since the PBR graphics pass has been essentially nil. Can't figure out why the variants aren't a priority, especially given the ships that have variants already. Pessimistically, I wonder if they've decided Avenger is completely redundant given the Gladius, which is a comparable dogfighter with very similar, if not superior stats, and the Cutlass, arguably a better bounty hunting ship, and are considering abandoning development. If I went conspiracy, though, I would really wonder if they're looking at that most widely owned fighter statistic and thinking, when we really need a cash infusion, this thing still doesn't have variants. In general, though, I think the ship status post is one of the best community info ideas they've had in a long while.
2: Titus Kreger writes in and says, I backed with the Avenger. I was happy with its initial description and backstory, and most of all, it's the sexiest ship in the game thus far to my eyes. Its cockpit has a dual stick setup, which is exactly how I'm building my sim pit. The only thing that will disappoint me is if CIG were to dissolve the ship completely. I do think it's awesome that they want to bring in three other variants. I didn't know about it, and I'm
0: stoked. I gotta say, I own Avenger, and I'm kind of with Titus here. Amontillado says, Haven't really looked at the list other than an initial glance over. I'd be much more interested if they included screenshots that could be updated as progress is made. Show some pics of the concept, gray boxing, interiors, and damage states. That would interest me. Knowing the state a ship is in really doesn't tell me how close the ship is to being at the point where I can experience it. A ship could be an inch away from being hangar-ready, and then put on pause for three months as priority shifts to other matters. As for my ship being where I'd hope, nope, I want to see those interiors. Cheers!
1: Galen Lick Lotharine says, Good show, guys. Yeah, saw my merchantman on the list. Has it made the progress I hoped for? In short, no. As it's not likely I will see this ship, never mind fly it, any anytime in the next year or so. Though to be fair, fanboy hopes aside, the merchantment is at the development state I figured it would be in, as it's unlikely to make an appearance in Squadron 42 and would not be much fun to play in Arena Commander 2.0, so it's likely to be low on the development priority list. Then again, if CIG do release Space Truck Simulator 2945, it would be a great ship to fly. Just saying, CIG. Just saying. Well, yeah, it seems like the Avenger could be farther along, but you know they they might be sort of holding stuff back for that one. Because, you know, it's the trainer ship in Squadron 42. But, you know, the aftermarket civilian stuff really
0: isn't needed until Persistent Universe rolls out. If it's not the 315B, it ain't crap. <laughs> so well, <laughs> though I did check. Like I said before, it's... Uh, one thing I've noticed on my ship is the maneuvering jets kind of weirdly sink into the ship. So I figure that will be fixed whenever they get around to redoing it. Yeah,
1: that, it, it it does need help. I imagine you'll see stuff like that fixed for Squadron Forty Two release.
0: And it might have a cargo pod you can attach to the bottom because Chris Smith said so, like two years ago at the starship. Well, as a maybe. Yeah. So yeah. Will be a Chris
1: present. <laughs> well, uh, I'm pretty happy with what they've got so far. The Connie will be coming very soon, I hope. My Super Hornet is pretty awesome. I'm find myself hoping that they find something for the Vanguard to do in Squadron 42 so that, you know, hopefully maybe gets moved along up to the front of the queue, but I'm not holding my breath on that one. They've got plenty on their plate already. Jeff, aside from your a Phoenix, is there anything that's in your hangar that you or not in your hangar that you hope would get moved up?
2: Not really. You know, I was in my hangar the other day and I was looking at all my ships, you know. I've got I got a cutlass, I have a awesome hornet. I mean I got the best Hornet you can get. I've got a Gladius, I have an Avenger, I have the Connie. I'm thinking about a Vanguard variant, though I haven't, you know, pulled that that string yet. You know, I just I I really would like to pay more attention to the game than to my ships because other than you know wanting to upgrade my my original Connie to a Phoenix and maybe a Vanguard I there's I I would like to see some small things fixed you know like placement of my items mm-hmm. in the hangar and and you need to put the shelf in the right place right, right. and, and <laughs> yeah, put the shelf. You know, I would I like to see more interaction on my. I like to see forklifts moving around and, and people and I, there's other things I really really want to see in this as the development of this game goes on rather than than all these ships. I mean, I'm excited that the Avengers is going to get variants. Uh, I'm kind of curious as what how they that's going to play out. But other than that, I'm I'm good. So you're saying that now now they've got the social module out. Now might be a good time
1: for them to start devoting some. Work cycles to quality of life improvements in yes. those yeah. kind of environments, yeah. those social module type environments. I, I would like to see that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, now there's another place to go besides just your hangar, and it would be good to see progress there.
2: Well, I I would like to see activity in my hangar. I mean, it's so sparse in my hangar. I mean, I, I've got all this junk up against one wall. I mean, even my cot is in the wrong place. Come on. And, right. And, and there's no Jeffatron. Yeah. There's no Jeffatron. Uh, and I would like to see some, some life other than, I mean, yeah, the hangar floor with its staged, blinky lights going down, you know, each one of my my little hangar slots there. And that's cool. Used to could. You could blow stuff up. They had that gun yeah, rack thing. Yeah, and they had that. And my gray cat, I could drive around and bash into things. And they had a uh, obstacle course. And
1: You know, the more you talk about it, the more I think it's a good idea. That that would be a sort of low-intensity but high-impact way to show progress. Like, this week we've added Bob who walks around on ArtCorp. You know, and uh, this week it's Steve, and this week it's Larry. We're introducing these NPCs with these limited sets of behavior. Sure. It's a sort of thing that it's not sexy, but it does start to bring it to life a little bit, and you can start to see gradual change as the time goes on. The more the more you talk about it, Joe, the more I think you're absolutely right.
2: To the very point where we get a teeming throng of people. Yeah, exactly. You know, bustling and joshing. I I, I mean, I wonder if you're gonna get pickpocketed in the universe.
1: No, <laughs> oh, no, that would be cool. But you're not you have to go down by the incinerator for right, that. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well we had a ton of a ton of feedback on the Derek Smart issue. and We're not going to get to nearly all of it, and the stuff we are going to get to has been severely edited down for, for time reasons. But we want to thank everybody for weighing in. 99% of it was constructive, thoughtful, and very good feedback, and so we want to thank everybody who, who wrote in. There were a couple of people that kind of went a little overboard, but... This is an emotional issue, we understand that, but it's just cooler heads do need to prevail on this one, so we, we uh, want to make sure everybody stays
0: focused on on the issues and, and not get caught up in the hype. Jeff says, We should all band together and sue him for putting our investments at risk. Surely there is something that can be done to stop him. In agreement were Commander Kellogg's Florian, Cybermongo, Rivieri, who suggests Tony should be in charge, Adarim, and George. The Mad
2: Golem writes in and says, Smart's never going to win. Even if CIG is forced to pay legal fees, the income still keeps coming in.
1: Saldian says, On behalf of mature and decent consumers, and frankly human beings who understand and respect fairness and the value of the dollar, thank you for attempting to appeal to the same universal traits listed that one would hope Mr. Smart would attempt to hold dear. His juvenile response in calling you Troy is a perfect picture of who he
0: is at his core. Sentiments which were echoed by Doc underscore Buckshot. Stone says I'm not a backer of Star Citizen, but I'm a guy who's been stupid enough to spend money on some of Derek Smart's projects over the years, and every time he fails, he blames everyone else. Luckily, Crystal LeChuck says Derek's now offering full refunds on his game. Link in the show notes.
2: Freedom writes in and says we're giving Derek Smart exactly what he wants. Attention. How about we just forget about him and stop referring to him, stop acknowledging that he exists and move on. I like this guy, you can almost think that I wrote this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm strong enough to do that starting the second after I submit this comment. Are the rest of you. A personality like his runs on ego and attention grabbing fuel. Cut off the fuel supply and it's no longer operative. I like the letter by Tony but to smart it's just fuel, aka don't feed the trolls, which human evil. Two-door and Xenocore also run in to say. Blackbell
1: wonders if this could be a good thing, and he says, or you can take the tack that there is no such thing as bad PR. Derek continuing to poke at Star Citizen hasn't really hurt CIG as near as I can tell. All it's done so far is give CIG a ton of PR that they would have to otherwise
0: pay for themselves.
2: That's a good point.
0: And Zed Castle's faith wasn't even shaken. I'm very deep in the camp of those who feel the project is meeting or exceeding expectations to this point. What behaviors or business practices could one really claim have been a breach of good faith? I originally backed with high hopes and have subsequently backed more and more. A Amontiero says,
2: if he's content in making a niche game on his own small corner of the industry, that's great. He should go do that and stay in his corner. Keld says, a mature open letter
0: and a response from a child. Shameful. And Darginator agrees with him. Chief says Derek is just scared that Chris Roberts is going to succeed at making the game that Derek's failed at developing for decades, effectively demonstrating that the reason for his failure was due to his own gross incompetence, rather than some inherent impossibility of the task, which Titus Krager agreed with.
2: But some backers thought the best thing to do was to get even. Paul writes in and says, I vote we sue Mr. Smart for slander. He's only bringing a bad name to the company that has done nothing bad. Ryan says, we could
0: systematically change his Wikipedia page to just have it say, see also troll. And John says, please troll smart with the following video whenever he posts something. And it's a video of Homer Simpson going, SMRT. But he blocks us all, like I said, so we'd we'll never yeah. see it.
1: Uh, like I said, I mean, the feedback that we got from the letter was, was all very, almost universally constructive and, and uh, had good thoughts on it. You know, there's a, f- a few things that might need clarification. For one thing, there's been some question about his refund status or something. CIG sent him a check. Uh, so it's really easy to just not cash the check, and bingo, you haven't been refunded. So if Derek Smart wants to be a backer, then he's still a backer. All he has to do is just not cash that refund check. The other point that keeps coming up over and over again is some sort of countersuit or interference, uh, tortious interference of contract. Not a thing that's going to really count in this case because he's not interfering with my contract with CIG at this point. He's making it perhaps more difficult for CIG to deliver on the contract, but he hasn't made it sort of impossible. He hasn't done something that for sure is going to make CIG either breach the contract it has with me or not be able to perform it it's making it more likely that CIG is gonna have problems, but it's not a certainty. So the tortious interference
2: stuff isn't gonna happen. A point of clarification, counselor. No. yes. Um, so by backing said CIG, are, are, does that institute a contract? Yeah, oh yeah. There's a contract there. Okay. We've given them money and they've promised
1: to expend reasonable efforts.
2: Well, they haven't really promised to do anything. That was not the... Uh, no,
1: no, no, they have. But what is the promise? And that's why the court case is so squishy. Because, you know, I asked the question, I, I and you guys both gave the right answer. Did you guys buy software? Your answer was no. And that's the right answer. What we've bought is uh, an opportunity to have the product once it's finished. CIG has promised to use reasonable efforts to create and develop a project along the lines that they have promised us, and we've given them money to do that. And now we sit and wait. And in return for our patience and our faith, they create like four or five web shows a week, Uh, they release concept art, they have the Jump Point magazine for subscribers, they do these events where they unveil demos. They release what is now becoming semi-regular alpha patches, adding features and stuff to the game. So I don't have a contract for software. I have a contract for software development that hopefully results in a game. That's where we're at. And I think we're going to get there. Is it going to be October? Maybe not. December? Uh, yeah, probably December. Maybe maybe first quarter of 2016. But it's coming, guys. It's coming.
2: And we go on to general feedback. And Sean
0: Newboy writes in and says... As usual, wonderful show, everyone. Michael Nolan writes in and sends us a link to RoCat's PowerGrid app and said, "Better than the Cytec SC Hotest solution." Links will be in the show notes. Oh my
1: God, this thing is friggin' awesome,
0: Michael Nolan. You're my new best friend.
1: The RoCat app I currently have in front of me. Two Nexus Sevens, and they are right now. I have I just barely got it installed and downloaded. Uh, they are right now showing me my uh, system monitors. Uh, They are linked over my Wi-Fi to my Windows 7 machine and it's showing me net usage and memory uh, usage and which cores of my CPU are active. And they have available grids that you can download and an editor which you can make your own grids that function as macros or button presses inside virtually any program you would want to run. And so my brain is exploding right now with all kinds of fun ideas for Star Citizen, for Elite Dangerous, for Star Trek Online, all sorts of cool ways I can use these little tablets. Or you can use your phone, uh, any Android or iOS phone, to make these little grids to be a second screen or a second control panel for your video games. Mind blown. So, yay Michael Nolan. Thank you so much.
2: Our new Patreons this week is Rogue. Our winner of a brand new patch is Jamie Moran. Thank you very much for your pledge. We'll put it to good use.
1: And don't blame the shiv for not getting you a patch. It's my fault right now. I have to mail shiv the patches, but I'm going to mail out our first three winners this week, I swear. And that brings us to this week's community question. The social module, the vanguards, talk to us about anything. Well, anything except that guy. Please, not that guy. The good, the bad, your hopes for the next steps. Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post on our show thread over at robertspaceindustries.com. So... How was the show? Do you like us kind of how we're set up, or are you gonna apply for a battlefield upgrade to you know swap out one of the host uh, modules? Uh, either way, let us know. Here are some ways you can get in touch with us. Check out our forum posts at forums.roberspaceindustries.com.
0: Leave a comment on our episode show post at guardfrequency.com. You can subscribe at feeds.guardfrequency.com or find us on iTunes. You can hit
2: us up on Twitter at Guard Freak and leave a comment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guardfreak.
1: And if you're old school like us, shoot an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so take a minute. Tell us what's on your mind that brings us to the end of episode 86 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 87 on September 8th, so be sure to keep an eye out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com or the official Robert Space Industries fan site subforum.
2: Please send us your feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways we just ran down, you can use the contact form on our website. And all the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us can be found in the show notes.
0: If you like what we do, want to come help us make the best Sam Space Sim podcast ever, if you do, just send us a note to squawk at GuardFrequency.com. And don't forget our sister productions, Priority One, covers Star Trek Online and the greater Star Trek universe, and our latest show, On Screen, takes a Mystery Science 3000-esque look at Star Trek, the original series. Head on over to PriorityOnePodcast.com and OnScreenPodcast.com to check them out.
2: Are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? Check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, Robertspaceindustries.com forward slash orgs forward slash guardfreak. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, then you should join us live over at guardfrequency.com forward slash live. We start recording around 11 p.m. Central. That's Saturdays at 5 a.m. GMT. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the
1: Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, Hi, Mom. Who also guest hosted this week. And our artists, Ben Sanders and Simon Trollton-Edwards. And our audio engineer, Michael Duncan. And thanks to our latest contributor, Jeff Grant. Thanks to our syndication partner, the bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. No one's listening out there, The Deep Black gets pretty lonely.
2: Reduce thrust.
1: Squawk7700. Stay on the groove. not too tough to turn a stodgy old 19th century canadian politician into a 23rd century vulcan humid vulcan humid into a vulcan dang it son, this is not hard and i just wrote this so it shouldn't be tough into okay. a 23rd century vulcan humid why can't i say human?
2: human of all the
1: souls he's encountered in his travels this is the most human i should be able to get this have you read seen or heard anything that you might find i can't even how many times do i do this thing man it's gonna be a long night
0: one thing I do remember most about money, they, all the uh, state quarters. So I'd be in the drive-thru. There'd be, you know, 17 cars piled up. And there'd be some old lady with trying to pay for a burger with coins, which is fine. But they'd be like, oh, I can't give you New Hampshire. I have to send that one to my nephew. I'm like, I don't care about your nephew. He doesn't need a New Hampshire quarter. Move along, please. <laughs> <laughs> Next. This is the last stop for the crazy
1: train we're calling Smartwatch, unless and until Derek Smith hires a real attorney to file an Who? actual lawsuit. Who? Derek Smith? No, no, I, uh, that's, I'm just quoting my, I'm, I'm reading Mikey what I want out of the episode
2: 8. Yeah, but you said uh, Derek Smith. And, uh, did I say Smith? Yes, you did. Yeah.
1: Again, I'm having trouble with my tongue, but I Get want Mikey name, to right, the quote Troy. on the old show. Right, but, so Mikey uh, the quote but the you
2: said Derek Smith. You didn't say Derek Smart. Well, it won't matter because this is going to all end up in the blooper reel oh, now. Okay.
0: Just hours before we recorded this show, the social ma- so It's not just me, yay! The social module known as Star Citizen. Oh, wait, that'd be socialist. In Soviet Russia, social modules, you. Let's try this again. Beep, beep. Several. G- Whoa! What? I thought
2: something broke. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Go, Jeff. Several. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was like, should I I should do it yourself? <laughs>
1: so, so if someone wants to make some good radio, that would be okay.
0: Oh oh I got it I got it. Nice
1: Oh, that's good radio right there. Oh that that is that is that is auditory gold, sir. My congratulations.
0: <laughs> I not remember if I told you that I finally found it.
1: That, lovely. All right. Round of applause. Round of applause for the community manager, Justin, Shilroy being the master. That was, that was lovely. That was lovely. Okay.
2: This is Tony, feedback closing, sync one. This is Jeff, feedback and closing, sync two.
0: Justin, feed. Feedback and closing yeah. in three, two. I didn't get to do my huh? sync thing, but.
1: Oh, I didn't? Oh, I'm so used
0: to Jeff going last. Sorry. It was... uh, no. Go ahead and sync. This is Justin, feedback and closing, sync three.
1: Okay, now it's all better. All right, here we go. Feedback in closing in three, two. Another point of clarification uh, is uh, the, um, oh, what was the other thing I was going to talk about? Dang it. Good radio, good radio. Uh, oh, I got it. So um, that's, it. that's it. We're done, right? Anything else? Uh, oh, I wanted to say. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Okay, <laughs> now we're done.